I was always terrified that if the American industry started to fill their casks twice, we'd have a huge problem getting bourbon casks for Glengarn. The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by McDurr's American Whiskies, and by Heaven Hill Brands. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. Uh, I'm changing the format of this podcast. I'm getting a little bit back to my roots. Uh, so what you are about to hear is kind of my old school writing style and getting an opportunity to paint a picture. Now, I've had a lot of fun with this podcast the past couple of years, but something in me creatively has been yearning for something more, and uh, I think I have struck the balance here. So, you're going to hear a new style of this podcast uh, coming up here very shortly. But first, a word from our sponsors. People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other. Passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single barrel and small batch whiskey. Hard made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291coloradowhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly. Hello, my name is Dr. Green Thumb, a.k.a. Be Real. We invite you to come check out the illest, highest, most craziest podcast in the world, the Dr. Green Thumb Podcast. Come check out our random-ass conversations along with our crazy challenges. We got some of the dopest, iconic, and legendary guests in the world. We invite you to come catch a sesh, the Dr. Green Thumb Podcast. Listen and subscribe to us at Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Come check out the Dr. Green Thumb Show. Doctor's orders, baby. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller Dan McKee and our master of maturation Andrea Wilson say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to Michter's.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. Heaven Hill Distillery has been lifting America's spirit since 1935. They celebrate American whiskey's rich traditions, guide its evolution, and champion its exciting future. For Heaven Hill, whiskey is more than a profession. 
It's a personal passion that is poured into every bottle shared with newcomers and aficionados alike. So whether you enjoy the simple pleasure of Evan Williams bottled in bond or savor the uniquely satisfying experience of a rare single barrel bourbon like Elijah Craig, 18 year old, you'll find a home at Heaven Hill. If you want to learn more about the craft and techniques of making quality American whiskey, check out educational resources and sign up for their newsletter at heavenhilldistillery.com. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Cheers. Nestled in the garden-rich Speyside region of Scotland, with winds carrying the aromas of the River Spey, Glen Grant Distillery is one of the world's oldest operating whiskey distilleries. Their workhorse, wash, and spirit stills churn out some of the most affordable and accessible single malt scotches that are simply known as Glen Grant. For around $40, you can find a fruity and honey-forward 12-year Glen Grant that embodies value in a category known for attracting billionaires with rare expressions. But Glen Grant is jumping into that private jet with something so rare and crazy that they may start rethinking their strategy of value whiskey. Today on the Fred Minnick Show, we explore 60-year-old Glen Grant with an SRP of $30,000. While it's already sold for twice that at auction, the whiskey is a celebration of master distiller Dennis Malcolm's career. Born at the Glen Grant Distillery in 1946, few in the worldwide spirits industry share the whiskey history of Dennis Malcolm. Following in the footsteps of his father and grandfather before him, he got his start at 15 as an apprentice cooper and later as a manager supervising the growing company's nine distilleries. In his current role as master distiller, Dennis has maintained the distillery's distinctive history while leaving his own mark with the likes of Arborellis and core expressions 10, 12, 15, and 18 years old. Reflecting on his diamond anniversary, Malcolm said, It's never been a job for me. It's been a way of life. I don't like my actual birthday. That makes me feel older. But I like my milestones with Glenn Grant because it's a year longer than I'm here. I can keep doing what I was destined to do. Thus, the exclusive limited edition 60-year-old single malt is a celebration of Dennis's six decades of toil. It's bottled from a single ex Oloroso sherry cask that was filled on October 24, 1960, the oldest to date the distillery has bottled in its 181-year anniversary. Just 360 decanters of this is available worldwide, and I got a little tipple of it. Bottled at 52.8% ABV, Glen Grant 60-year-old is non-chill filtered. And on this episode of the newly formatted podcast, Master Stiller Dennis Malcolm takes me on a tasting journey. And while it happened virtually, to sip with an icon is always an honor. Enjoy the interview. And joining the Fred Minnick Show is uh, Dennis Malcolm, Master Distiller Glenn Grant. How you doing, sir? You doing all right? I'm doing fine tonight. It's a cold night in Scotland, but I'm doing fine. How has uh, how has the has 2021 been for you? Because you know we're coming up on the end of the year. Uh, Glenn Grant's had a lot of success in the past year. Just want to see like you know how things been for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been very remotely, you know, I've missed the, the, the meeting of people, you know, the people uh, 
is is the most important thing. And as you know, it's people that drink our products. So I very much miss them. You know, I jokingly say to people, this last year has been like a year of Sundays. You know, Sunday's a lazy day where you have lunch with the family and, and lounge about, you know. So uh, it's been a funny year. But I've been doing presentations and, and things like that over the Zoom and Teams. Mm. It's, you haven't been able to come come to the States? No, no, I haven't been to the States for a few for a few years, actually. I was over there oh, eight years ago, maybe doing a meet the masters with some of the other masters, mm-hmm. you know, like Ron Cox and Mike Miyamoto and, and such likes. So we, we, we toured a few of the cities that time, you know. It's a big, big country compared to us. <laughs> sure, yeah. It, you know, and you've got like um, you've got enormous demand on on Glenn Grant right now. I mean, I gotta imagine though, you're you're having some some internal pride seeing the success that you all are having here lately. Yeah, it's been it's been fantastic, you know. And this has all happened after Campari took over. You know, bought the company in two thousand six. They mm-hmm. they heavily invested in the business, you know, and they wanted to make Glenn Grant shine, which mm-hmm. is which I always wanted to do. So in that last sort of 15, 16 years, we've, I've had a free hand and we've created a lot of new expressions to showcase Glenn Grant much more, just let people see the range that we've got, you know? Yeah, it's interesting because like, you know, I've always known Glenn Grant to be like, uh, you know, kind of a value scotch, like something you would go in, get a nice single malt, and you don't have to spend a lot of money. And, you know, to see the, the, the range that you all are bringing, it's kind of like, it's 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 exciting but it's also like whoa where did this come from you know to the to a lot of the average uh consumers well it's it's been there before you know when prior to 1979 when when shivers Pernod took over the company they they needed glenn grant for their for for, for the shivers regal you know they laid down huge vast vast amounts of glenn grant for shivers regal and they didn't promote Glen Grant as a single malt like the way the previous owner, Douglas McKessick, did. So I can just see us doing exactly what we did pre-1979, you know, showcasing yeah. the range. Yeah. So, I mean, you're looking at, you're, you're kind of, it's almost like a, a rebirth in some ways. It is actually, and and we've done it. We've done it quite slowly. We haven't sort of the world was our oyster, you know, when when you get released from a big company like that. But compare did it like building like they say building a cathedral they did it very slowly and steadily you know a good firm foundation which is yeah and and you know the majority of uh you know my followers and listeners um are american whiskey fans and of course campari owns um owns wild turkey and i was curious you know could we maybe see a a wild turkey collaboration in the, in the near future with Glen Grant? Well, when Campari bought Wild Turkey, that must have been about some eight years ago or thereabouts. Uh, I was I was over with, with Franco Peroni and uh, to have a look at it before we bought it. And, you know, I had a smile twice the size of my face because I was always terrified that if the American industry started to fill their casks twice, we'd have a huge problem getting bourbon casks for Glen Grant. But when we bought Campari... I thought, hey, we've got our own bourbon distillery. It's lovely. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I love that story. Have you had any? Have you had much time with Jimmy Russell? Or yeah, any? yeah, 
yeah, I've, I've met Jimmy. I did the, all the cities with Jimmy a few years ago as well, you know, and he's, he's an experienced guy. He's much, much older than me. He'd been much longer in the industry than me. And boy, he's, he's, um, he's got loads of stories and he's a great believer in consistent quality. And, and that's where I feel I lie as well, you know. Absolutely. Well, let's take a look a little bit at, at Glenn Grant, you know, the brand. Let's kind of like, let's like, you know, kind of deconstruct it a little bit in terms of uh, how it's made. Let's kind of go at the, at the very basics. Uh, where where are you getting your, your barley from? Talk us through, you know, your malting process and all the little things that, uh, you know, a lot of people may not know about, about Glen Grant. Okay, the, the, the reason, firstly, the reason Glen Grant's situated in Rothes is because the two founders, John and James, saw it was an ideal situation because it had its own little valley uh, where the distillery was built in 1840, own water supply, and it was just at the edge of the Lake of Murray, which is a fertile plain where it was very prolific barley growing area. And 16 miles north of us was, the, at the, that time, a deep-sea port in Lossy Mouth. So mm -hmm. ships came in there with, with barrels from Portugal and Spain, and they brought up coal for the fires, for the stills. Um, and we put our whiskey back out again as well, via boats. And it was made easier by the founder because James Grant founded the railways, the first railways up in this area. In 1852, he brought the railway from Lossiemouth Harbour to Elgin City, which is eight miles away, and then up to Glen Grant in 1858. So he had his own supply chain train, really, you know, which was great. So our barley is all processed and, and sourced locally. We used to make quite a lot of our own malted barley on site with drum maltings and floor maltings, very traditionally. Mm -hmm. But in 19... 1972, I knocked the, the maltings down and we decided to, to buy it in from suppliers, you know, mm -hmm. big maltsters. And that was to expand the distillery and double the size of the distillery in 1972. So we stopped our own malting and bought it in from commercial suppliers. Probably freed up a little space for you and uh, some employees to do a few extra things around the distillery. It, it did indeed, and it allowed us to, to well, we have we're pretty hemmed in in the little valley we're in, so by knocking the maltings down and creating a new mash house and still house, we, we still had the old one running while we were doing that, so it was quite a challenge, and it was an enjoyable challenge, uh, doubling up and keeping the old one running, so uh, it's, it was the right way to go because the line grant was growing very quickly. Well, and you, uh, you... Take us through, like, uh, you know, the, the fermentation, uh, you know, techniques that you're you're using at uh, Glen Grant. You know, in American-style whiskeys, you know, my listeners are used to hearing about mashes versus warts and uh, okay. about everything kind of coming together. And, and let's go through, like, the very basic process of fermenting uh, malted barley and okay. you know, some of the uniqueness of that. Yeah, certainly well, certainly well. Well, we, we, we mash 12.28 tonnes of malted barley every six hours, and we drain off the sugary water from the mash then into wooden fermenters. Uh, we are, Glen Grant is two words, tradition and innovation, really. So we're still very traditional. We use wooden fermenters, and a lot of our competitors are not doing that now. They're using stainless steel because 
Uh, you can sanitize stainless steel or glass line vessels 100%, but you can't do that with wood. So all these cracks and crevices where some bacteria might lay uh, and stay there, I feel that percentage is left as to the character of the, of the yeah. product. And we ferment for 48 hours completely. That's our finished program of fermenting. Mm -hmm. And then we pump it to our stills where we have four pairs of stills. You know, we, we break it into four pairs, four wash stills, four spirit stills. So we collect 60,000 litres of wort from every marsh. Mm -hmm. And then we split that 60,000 into the four wash stills and boil off the, the low wines, boil off the alcohol from the low wines every six hours. Now, the low wines that we collect from that wash still and the heads and the tails from the spirit still of that pair is the exact balanced charge for the next spirit still, and then we pump over another fermented wash still. So it's a balanced batch system all the way through, and it leads to very good quality control because sure. you can check every quarter of your production to see that there's no differences between the pairs of stills. Now, in fermentation, do you use any enzymes or uh, you know anything like that to kind of help with uh, fermentation? No, we do not. We do not. We just use brewer's yeast and allow it to ferment for 48 hours. We, we, we keep them clean so that we're not having too much mm -hmm. bacteria there because we don't want the bacteria to gobble up the, the sugars. We want the yeast to convert that into alcohol for us. Enzymes are being used a lot right now in America. Is is there is, is that showing up in uh, in Scotland at all? Are enzymes a, a thing in fermentation there? No, it's 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 not a it's not a done thing in Scotland. And you know, and and, and the 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 definition of Scot not single malt Scotch whiskey is barley, yeast, and water, and no additives. So so, so like an enzyme, an enzyme would be considered an additive. Like they couldn't even add that, that into the fermentation. Okay, that's correct. It's like called it's, it's described as an additive and not allowed. So, but then you add coloring, and so then it kind of like uh, you know you add well, we, we, well, there's only there's only one one or two coloring uh, <laughs> liquids that's used, but I mean we at Glengarn use it very very sparingly because it's only the color correct because mm -hmm. the 12 and the 10 we have color correction on it uh, because we've got sherry and bourbon casks for the for the recipe for the profile for it but the 15 year old is single single first fill uh, bourbon casks only and the 18 year old is natural color from american wood remade hogsheads and bourbon bottles so every time you see a bottle of 18 year old on the shelf it might be slightly different in color but it's supposed to be because we just give it the natural color that it comes out of the cask okay now you you still what are your what are your uh, uh proof points on your still or is there are they 160 around there well, we're 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 collecting we're collecting start collecting about seventy three percent by volume okay. down to about sixty three percent, and the average strength before we fill is around about sixty eight sixty nine percent by volume. Okay, and then and then we further reduce that to our filling strength of sixty three point five percent, or a, or it's a hundred and eleven proof sykes, you know the old way. Mm -hmm. And then you all you all put in the barrel and you and you age it in a warehouse and just let it sit do you all rotate barrels or any anything that you know while they're in the warehouse no no we're very traditional that way and, and the majority of our warehouses are dunnage warehouses mm -hmm. not 
racked or palletized. We have got a couple of racked ones, but uh, they're just recently acquired. 95% of our products kept in tonnage wares, which is very traditional. And we do not re-rock them or anything like that. They're in there, they stay there for the rest of their life until such times as we decide to take them out for bottling. Okay, okay. And then, uh, we, of course, we've got a we've got a little something something here that was bottled, and it was put in the warehouse uh, more than sixty years ago. So, tell us uh, as I open this contraption. First of all, the the press sample that you all sent is like, you know, I mean, you all could be you could you could really put this in one of those uh, like what's inside here, and no one could open it. You know, you got, it takes you a minute. It's like a Rubik's cube. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little bit, it's a little bit sort of being protective of it, really. Yeah, I mean, listen, it uh, it's it's more than childproof. It's um, it's uh, whiskey whiskey writer proof. It took took me a little little time here to uh, to figure it out. So yeah, but but it, but it took sixty years, Fred, to get to that quality. So a little bit of time's not a bad thing to waste and get into it. I'll show you when you when you think that is is difficult. This is a, a, a packaging for the bottle, you know. It's um it's in wall or sustainable walnut. Wow. And the decanter sits in there and closes off on my fingers as well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and what is this uh what does this cost at uh at retail? Pardon? What does this cost at retail? It's it's selling at at uh, twenty five thousand euros. Twenty five thousand euros. I think that's yeah. around thirty thousand US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, so tell us about uh, the sixty year old. Uh, why uh, why is this this one so why why is this one so special? Other than being well, sixty years. It's special. It's special for for me because the, the the company decided to to bottle it to mark my sixty years in the industry. I was sixty years in the industry and and the third of April this year, so we decided to to lay down and 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 bottle it off. And we we bottled three hundred and sixty bottles. It's um, you can see by the color, it's a very dark. I call it a chestnut color. Yeah. And it's and it's, it was filled into an Oloroso sherry butt, first fully Oloroso sherry butt, hence the very beautiful dark chestnut color you've got there. It was bottled at cask strength, which is fifty-two point eight percent by volume. Now the the aroma for me is first you get first you get vibrant ripe Seville oranges. And they give way to sort of rich fruits and nuts. And when I say rich fruits, I mean apricots and peaches. And the nuts are pecan nuts. And and I, I say that because I love that pecan cookies, you know, with the with the pastry and the honey and the pecan nuts. And that's what it reminded me of. And there is a little there is a little hint of smoke there, cigar smoke, I would say, yeah. delicate smoke. And there's a reason for that as well, because it was filled and, and produced in 1960. And remember, I knocked down the maltings in 1972 to double the distillery. So we were maybe having about eight, nine parts per million of phenols in our malt because we peated it slightly ourselves. 
Now, the taste. The taste to me is, you know, it's it's rich, fruity cake to me, you know. In Scotland, we have got this Christmas cake. I don't know if you've got that in America or not, you know, fruit cake. Yeah. Where you've got raisins, sultanas, orange peel, and then marzipan on the top, and then some icing over that. So that's that almondy, nutty note that you get from the from the, the marzipan. And also, after the fruitiness, there's there's some dark chocolate and treacle toffee notes there. That's just my 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 interpretation of it. Wow, it's good, eh? And and that's without water. I I I, I don't recommend you put water in this one. This was this was made to. Yeah, to... I, I I I agree. Um, this definitely you do not want to add water and. And you know, I have, I've tasted some of the rarest whiskeys ever made. You know, yeah. I've tasted prior to Prohibition. Um, this is one of the top whiskeys I've ever tasted in my life. Thank yeah. you, thank you. The finish, the finish to me is, is it's very long and lingering, and it's and it's and because it's that dark fruit toffee treacle notes i think it's more figs dates with a delicate hint of smoke on the finish wow this is beautiful and it's just basically it's telling me a lot of things you know it's it, you said it earlier on glenn grant was more a sort of go-to malt for easy accessible and quite uh, inexpensive to get that this is just proving to the world that Glen Grant is not a young good malt. It can keep on appreciating till it's 60 years of age. You know, on the nose, um, there is this, it has a bit of like this, like dried, um, like dried wood, like, like the, like a, like a room filled of, of barrel, emptied barrels. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the most beautiful smells in whiskey. It's kind of like walking into a a a rickhouse or a warehouse, but instead of like smelling the alcohol in the air, you smell like the work of the barrel. And you know, oak oak can be a very uh, pungent, very off-putting note, but when it's perfect, it's the most beautiful thing in the world to smell and i get that on the nose and then when i put it on my palate it just explodes it just absolutely explodes on here like i i am like i don't i mean it's one of those dentists where i don't want to talk i don't want to be i just kind of want to be in a room by myself like reading a book and just or or just thinking alone with my thoughts and this is beautiful Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And when, I, when I present it to other people, I usually say, you know, I, I've given you uh, a, a short journey on color, aroma, taste, and finish, but it doesn't finish there. You no. can start that journey again by taking one more step, sip of it, you know, and that's exactly what you can do. And the great, the, the great things about great whiskeys is you can close your eyes and think about them later. You know, the greatest things I have ever tasted, I can picture myself exactly in the moment um, yeah. when I tasted them. And I tell you what, I would much rather this be in person than 
than on than on Zoom, but this is still it's still great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I'd have loved you to be at Glen Grant as well, you know, because uh, we can walk, could have walked into the Dunnage warehouse where the cask was lying there, and before we filled it, and you could have had a sample out of it, you know. But that's this is as good as it gets, you know. This is straight from the cask. Yeah. This is amazing. And uh, you said there were three hundred and twenty-six bottles. Three hundred and sixty bottles. Three hundred and sixty. 360. 60 decanters, yeah, bottles, actually. It's, it was made into a, a special decanter-shaped decanter. Maybe you don't mm -hmm. see it there, that tiny little sample, but it's, oh, yeah. it's in the shape of our, our wash still. We made yeah. this into that shape, and it's a Scottish crystal decanter. And uh, it's, it's, it's nice to have something that when people pick it up, they recognize the distillery without even reading it, you know? Right. Do you um, do you know if this is still available, or did it sell out like immediately? Is there anything out there in the world where you can buy it? Well, I I, I heard a wee while ago that the, the the orders were all in already, you know. So uh, maybe maybe some of the countries might have one. I'm not sure, you know. I'm not mm. sure if they have or not. I know it's people listening to this, watching this. They're just going to be mad because they can't have any. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're just going to be mad at me for, for doing this. But I, I will tell you that if I had 25000 30000 I mean, I'd go as far as $40,000. And that was not a lot of money to me. I would buy this bottle. I would buy this yeah. bottle without hesitation. Yeah, but, the, the, there was one, they put one over and auctioned it over in, in China, you know, uh, a month ago, and I think it, I think it, somebody bought it for fifty nine thousand dollars. Okay, so that's what so they now, paid. So for. I just said forty thousand. Now I'm getting tested. Like, do do I want to drop sixty thousand on it now? <laughs> <laughs> go and go and see uh, my American colleagues over there who who will be importing it and see what they say. <laughs> we'll see. You know, I you know I can uh, I can savor what I have here uh, in my sample yeah. for. I can I can milk that for a good uh, good year or two. Unless uh, yeah. unless some of my cigar buddies come over to my office and then I'm toast, they'll uh, they'll take it right off the rack and you know sieve it with a cigar. But this yeah, is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, what else? Do you have any any other um, you know big big releases like this coming up? Um, well, uh, well, I did say when Capari took over, they wanted to put Glengarry back on the, the world stage, which they have done so far, mm -hmm. and. This one is just to mark my 60 years, but there is plans afoot to launch in the, the coming years something slightly older, slightly different. And we're also going to be extending the range because the range just now is five for Italy right through sort of Arboralis, which is mm -hmm. non-age 10, 12, 15, 18. So, so the, the top of the range just now is 18, you know, the, the, the normal range for everyone. So we are going to be releasing next year and the following year, just extend the range a little bit more. Okay. So you'll have a uh, 65, 70, well, we're, we're we're hoping to. We're hoping yeah. to. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. And and I'm I'm hoping I'm still going to be around then as well. Oh come on now! You'll be you'll be here for another sixty years. Don't even give me that business. You're gonna you're gonna be here for a while. Don't even well, start there. 
Well, I, ho- I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> so it is. It is the holiday season, and uh, you know this is this is a show that gets downloaded in more than one hundred countries, and m- majority of those countries celebrate Christmas, and Christmas music is going on everywhere. And this time um, during the season, I like to ask people about you know their favorite Christmas songs or holiday music. So I'll, I'll throw it at you, Dennis. What what are some of your uh, what are some of your fra- favorite uh, Christmas songs? Oh well, I, I, because I'm up in Scotland here, I always say I, I like to dream a bit. Just dream of a white Christmas, you know. <laughs> so dream of white, yeah, yeah, white Christmas, yeah, yeah. Because in the, uh, with climate change, you know, this last few years, that's not always been true up in Scotland. Even though we do get a lot of snow, but we've had it already. So, so I, I like the snow falling, and you can be inside. <laughs> With a lovely warm fire going, pour yourself a drum and and relax and keep warm. Do you listen to Bing Crosby's White Christmas while you're kicking back? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 played every year, every year. I think it's one of the best ones. And uh, what is what's um what what's the best gift that you ever got? The best gift. Oh wow! Um, maybe. I, I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to say it's a first game because my best gift I ever got was my daughter when she was born. You know, Aww. she was, she, she's she's kept me she's kept me occupied and kept me busy all my life. But, but um, I think, I think that I haven't got, I haven't, I've got, had a few drums of this one. So I think maybe to date I tend to agree with you. This one is the best one I've had so far. Awesome. So this is this is your gift. This is your best gift. Oh. Yeah, that's the best one just now. Yeah, I can tell you, oh. it's a, it surpasses it surpasses a lot of them. And if I had to go back to the, if I if I had to go back to our our range, you know, Glen Grant uses a lot of bourbon casks uh, for its five year old for Italy and its Arboralis and the ten twelve, but the 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 eighteen year old is completely American wood remade hogsheads and bourbon and it's so floral delicate rich and oh i think it's absolutely lovely wow well dennis i i just gotta say it's it's a real pleasure uh, talking to you hanging out with you and this whiskey is like um i mean i have i have other interviews during the day and i want to i want to yeah. cancel them all and spend time yeah. with this whiskey you know I, it's not fair to everybody else well, maybe, maybe, maybe I, I could squirrel away a little bit and keep it for you when you do come to Scotland. If you ever get to Scotland in the next year or so. Yeah. Well, let's let's hope. Um, I don't even know where we are with travel. No. Overseas, no. but uh, I, I I'm definitely down. I'm due for a, a trip to Scotland, so uh, I'd love to come. Uh, you know, sip this with you in person. You know. You'd be, uh, you'd be very well. Fire. Yeah, you'll be very welcome. And behind the distillery, I should have said to you, we have a 27-acre Victorian garden with waterfalls and a rocky gorge there with a safe built into the rocks, which keeps the, keeps the bottles of whiskey nice and cool. So that would be the place to enjoy it, out in the in the open air in the garden with some water from the stream, which we make our whiskey with. Well, cheers, man. I, I look forward to uh, to sipping with you in person. Uh, when that, when that time comes and thank you again for taking the time uh, to sip with me and uh, happy holidays Merry Christmas whatever holiday you will celebrate may it may it be with your daughter and all your friends 
Cheers. Cheers, Fred. All the best to you and a nice Christmas to you and your family. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dennis Malcolm, and I hope you like the new format. Now, I'm not going to be changing up and only interviewing distillers, but I will be including distillers from time to time. And uh, what I'm going to be doing with my celebrities moving forward is I am going to send them blind samples, blind samples, and they are going to choose their favorite. Now, prior to the interview, I'm going to tell you everything about the samples, and I'm going to use my old school kind of writing techniques to tell you the story about the whiskeys that will be sampled. And, and I'll tell you where this is coming from. This is coming from my my, my creative expression and... And like, I feel like, I feel like I don't write like I used to. I miss writing. You can go and read my books, Mead, Bourbon, uh, Rum Curious, Bourbon Curious, and you will hear, you will hear me writing and like painting pictures and, and see, see where I'm trying to go creatively, trying to express something. And I, I got away from that when I started getting into uh, podcasting. Podcasting became this kind of like free-form, flowing interview style. And that's not going away. That's staying in, in the interview process. Don't get me wrong. But I, I, miss, I miss painting the picture of distilleries. And I hope to be able to do that for you on the podcast. And I'm also going to have the opportunity to tell you more about my guests with this new style. So the new format is is definitely, in my opinion, a much better version of me and expressive of of how I like to listen to things. So uh, the podcast has been incredibly successful, and I can't thank you enough for being a part of it. And, um, you know... This journey has been two years, and I've been with uh, Bourbon Pursuit for uh, for over three years now. And so, podcasting to me is uh, is definitely <laughs> definitely a fun, uh, fun, crazy, fun, crazy journey that uh, I just I just love. I just love it. But that's going to do it for us this week, folks. And if you haven't already. Hit me up on fredminnick.com and get your sticker. I would also like to know what you think about the new format. You can tweet at me. You can Instagram me. You can uh, message me on fredminnick.com. Uh, however you want to get the information to me, I'd greatly appreciate it. But I most importantly want you to know I value you as a listener, and I will always try to accommodate and get the guests that you would like to see. But that's going to do it for this week, folks. Be safe out there. Remember, no licking handrails, no licking trash cans. And vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's American Whiskey, and by Heaven Hill Brands. For more information about Fred and his books, his articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com. I am not a darn